You are listening to Bitcoin, Blockchain and the Technologies of Our Future with Naomi Brockwell. Where is the best place in the world for crypto? Over the years, a lot of places have tried to claim that title, but best place for crypto can mean a lot of things. A place might have great regulation around crypto, so it's attractive for crypto users and businesses. But that doesn't mean that it will be easy to spend your crypto there. Or it could be a great place to live entirely off crypto because it's widely accepted. But that doesn't mean that the government there approves of it and has created good regulations. There are rare instances where these two scenarios coincide with great laws and everyday usage. But keeping up with it all is tricky because the crypto world moves at lightning pace. Laws change and so does adoption. We're going to dive into a bunch of places over the next few videos that have at some stage vied for the title of best place for crypto and uncover what's actually going on there. Keep in mind that we are not your lawyers or accountants, so please consult a professional if you're looking for specific advice for your situation. In this video, we'll focus on three places in Europe that have been considered crypto-friendly jurisdictions, Portugal, Malta and Slovenia. All a part of the EU, which has passed a bunch of laws related to crypto, some good, some bad. Let's start with the good. In the EU, purchases uh, of cryptocurrencies are not subject to VAT. Jonathan Gallia is a lawyer who advises various regulatory authorities in Europe how to handle crypto. VAT stands for Value Added Tax. And Jonathan explained that normally, if there's a purchase of a good or a service in Europe, there will be a VAT tax on it. But the purchase and sale of cryptocurrencies for fiat are exempt from that. That's a positive development for crypto, but unfortunately the EU comes down hard on crypto in other ways. After the news that Facebook was going to issue their own stablecoin, the European Commission quickly came up with uh, the draft framework known as the Markets and Crypto Assets Regulation. This framework takes aim at stablecoin issuers, saying they would need to apply for a license, they need to have a certain um, amount in the reserve, how the reserve is kept, how redemption is carried out. This has been widely criticized as, let's say, um, an act of overregulation by the European Commission. The regulation itself is still in, in draft form. If it's passed, it would be quite a bit of a blow to the industry at large here in Europe. This may push stablecoin issuers towards seeking other jurisdictions. Let's dive into Portugal, a country that many consider the best in the world for its crypto friendliness. This whole concept of a country being crypto friendly, that can be two different ways, right? It can be like, okay, these are the laws that you can work within and it's set, or it's kind of like the wild west where take advantage of it <laughs> while you can. Heidi Chacos is a popular YouTuber based in Portugal who makes educational videos about crypto with her husband, Toby. Portugal is actually kind of unique in that they don't have a lot of really specific laws regarding cryptocurrencies, but in 2016, they've announced that, you know, they don't they aren't going to be taxing cryptocurrencies as an individual investment. This means that if it is an individual investment, it doesn't matter how many times you're trading, uh, if you're staking your coins, if you're getting airdrops, if it's money that's coming from your individual investment, you can cash it out and it's tax-free in Portugal. Keep in mind though that these rules only apply to individual investments. If you're a business accepting cryptocurrencies, that's different, that's a very taxable event here. Due to these great tax benefits, Portugal is increasingly an attractive place for crypto users. I've been living in Portugal since 2015. And for Heidi, the fact that it wasn't the United States was very appealing. When she first moved to Portugal from the US and would talk with her lawyer 
warrior about crypto related things. She's basically had to assure me like, no, like relax, everything's nice here. <laughs> the federal government in the United States is incredibly restrictive when it comes to cryptocurrency. If you want to invest in crypto related assets. Being a US citizen um, can be very difficult. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I, and, and sometimes it just cuts you out of the equation altogether. US citizens miss out on investment opportunities, access to a large number of exchanges, as well as assets on those exchanges that they can access. They don't list nearly as <laughs> the number of cryptocurrencies that are actually available to purchase. And they've famously been barred from airdrops. We could kind of see where things were going with cryptocurrency and we wanted to be able to freely interact with that uh, world as much as possible. Heidi actually renounced her US citizenship because of this. I renounced back in 2019 and I have yet to have a single moment where I regret it. Um, but that is certainly a very, very big decision. Now, while Portugal may be great from a tax perspective, day-to-day -day usage of crypto is not common there. It's not as easy to use in everyday life, which is ideally how crypto should be utilized, you know, not just to speculate on the price. The people of Portugal are very traditional. A lot of people like cash in Portugal. <laughs> this, of course, might change as Portugal continues to attract more of the crypto community. Portugal is getting a ton of attention from people who want to immigrate here, who want to become residents here, take advantage of the crypto tax uh, friendliness. It's going to bring more people in that are invested in cryptocurrencies that probably want to be using it in their everyday life, that will be evangelizing that to their merchants. That's going to definitely breed more development of the crypto space here in terms of payments and merchants accepting it. If crypto really starts to take off and there's mainstream adoption, do you feel that the government will feel a need to come in and start to regulate it more heavily? I am skeptical that it's going to last like this forever. But for now, it's a pretty great place for crypto and for life in general, as long as you're happy to make all your crypto purchases online. For me, Portugal is the best place to live, you know, quality of life, cost of living, culture, people, food, beautiful nature, oceans, all of that, but also it being crypto friendly, tax friendly, maybe it can cultivate a good crypto community here as well. There's no reason why I shouldn't check out Portugal because I love it. Now let's look at Malta. There was a time when eyes all over the world were on this tiny island off the coast of Sicily as a crypto mecca. People called it blockchain island. Do you think that Malta is the best place in the world for crypto? If you had asked me that question, uh, let's say a couple of years ago, I would have said then yes. First of all, it has some good rules around taxation. If you can satisfactorily prove that the cryptocurrencies were bought by way of an investment, capital gains tax on the sale of cryptocurrency investments is um, taxed at 0%. The same does not apply if, let's say, you're a day trader. That is your um, main source of income. You treat it as a professional activity. In that case, then they would be taxed as income rather than under, under the capital gains tax regime. Malta was positioned really well to be a crypto center of the world, largely because of their regulatory framework. One of the first, uh, let's say, efforts in order to attract the businesses uh, here to Malta was to create a regulatory framework that would both set a high standard for uh, the businesses offering crypto services and issuing uh, tokens. And also at the same time, be welcoming for uh, startups in this space. By crypto standards, the framework was stringent, but the idea was that the more detailed it was, the more confident businesses could be to set up there and not face any unknowns. I don't think that anyone else has managed to legislate the industry in, uh, let's say, as detailed a manner as we have. I believe that we have done um, an excellent job at trying to regulate in the industry over 300 companies 
set up uh, their business here. So what happened? The ball was dropped on quite a few occasions. When the cryptocurrency companies started coming over here, then there was hesitation from the governments and on the authorities' end, and the question started arising whether this was the kind of industry that it wanted to attract to its shores. But a major factor in why the government changed its attitude towards crypto was due to the FATF, which is an international policy-making body primarily focused on combating money laundering. The news was out that Malta was going to get graylisted by the Financial Action Task Force. When pressed for a potential reason as to Malta's graylisting, they pointed towards the cryptocurrency industry. What does graylisting mean? FATF, although not having any official policy-making powers, can give recommendations to member countries, and if those recommendations are not followed, it often results in sanctions and other penalties by other member nations. It just seems that FATF has such a tremendous amount of power in that case to dictate the terms of crypto across the globe. I do believe there was pressure by FATF in order to change the stance that the previous government had set up in terms of the way that the cryptocurrency industry is handled. Two days later, the president of FATF came out and in a press conference made it explicitly clear that Malta did not get, get, get graylisted because of the crypto industry. The damage had been done. There was a, a bit of a change in people's perception with regards to cryptocurrencies. This also affected the everyday usage of crypto in the country. The places that were accepting crypto back especially in 2015 and 2017, were increasing at a very rapid pace. These days, it's a lot more difficult to find places to spend your crypto day to day. In order to increase everyday usage here, Malta would be perhaps for the government to make a bit of a U-turn and start voicing its support for the, for the industry. There is still quite a good chance of uh, Malta turning its uh, fortunes around. Another European Union country that got early attention for being a very pro-crypto jurisdiction is Slovenia. They even have a Bitcoin monument in the middle of a roundabout. It was shaping up to be, let's say, one of the most promising jurisdictions in the space. There was a big BTC city shopping mall, nearly 100 shops in there were said to accept Bitcoin. BTC city um, was set up before people were even aware of what Bitcoin was all about. They did use it to their favor and to their advantage in order, of course, to promote Slovenia as a Bitcoin-friendly country. But again, the ball was dropped, this time by the Slovenian government. There was inaction from the government's end since there was, let's say, a huge element of legal uncertainty for any businesses setting up over there. Then ultimately, this led to perhaps a certain sense of apathy and most uh, people who are involved in the space um, from Slovenia I think they ultimately decided to move elsewhere and set up their business elsewhere. On top of that, they enacted some strange tax rules. In addition to the individual income tax on capital gains, they also propose a 10% crypto sales tax. Most people in the crypto space simply want, first of all, to be dealt with fairly. And what you just described just now cannot be described uh, as a fair treatment. Having such uh, a framework in place, which is both discriminatory and also slightly complex as well, I think that, yes, that did have a material effect on, let's say, Slovenia's chances of uh, being able to become a leading cryptocurrency jurisdiction, both to Slovenia and to Malta. I think they blew their trumpets before they were ready to actually, let's say, um, welcome the industry, lock, stock and barrel. And as we all know, the crypto industry moves at a lightning fast pace. Once you lose uh, the tiny uh, window we have in order to actually um, uh, make yourself relevant in the industry, 
if it's lost, it's lost. While Portugal might have won out in terms of crypto friendliness out of these three regions for now, as history has shown, these things can change rapidly. Also, the situation in these countries is more complex than we're able to cover in a single video, and you're sure to find hardcore crypto users in each country, regardless of how common it is for the mainstream. We'll dive into some more jurisdictions in our upcoming videos from both the perspective of crypto regulation and also look at places around the world where the people are really embracing crypto and actually using it in their day-to-day -day life. Before you go, please hit the like button and don't forget to subscribe to the channel so that we can keep bringing you educational content. I'm a big coin, staring, I'm scared.